Do you want to learn secrets to creating greater wellness balance and tips to actually maintain it? Find out what every client has in common and what one thing helps them find greater balance quickly and easily. In this episode, you'll learn insights from President Russell M. Nelson, authors Greg Lukianoff and Jonathan Haidt, and spiritual leaders like Elma and Isaiah. You'll learn tips on how to get started towards improving the different domains of wellness, and then how to keep them going. I even give you some actionable homework to get started now on your own journey towards greater wellness balance. Let's get to it. I'm Kendra Nielsen. Welcome to Fulfillment Therapy, where you will improve your relationship with yourself, your loved ones, and with God. You'll find healing, wellness, crucial mindset shifts, and self-development help. I'm a licensed therapist, personal trainer, and coach. In this podcast, you'll learn the skills and confidence needed to transform your life from merely surviving to living a fulfilling, flourishing life. You can't reach your God-given potential and become who you were meant to become by remaining where you are. If you're ready, we'll create an ignited life you can't wait to wake up to. And yes, it's possible. It's your time to shine, my friend. Welcome back, my friends. Today is episode four, secrets to creating greater wellness balance and tips to maintain it. So my clients often come to me completely perplexed about why their lives are often in chaos. And I always start with some key assessments because it gives me a snapshot into their lives. And that research gives me the information I need to help them improve. Every time I give one assessment in particular, I get similar findings despite their different circumstances. And do you know what I use and what I find every single time? I'll tell you after I share a story. (laughs) As always, I love stories. So I have this client that came in. He just looked like he was finished with life. Just that one look at him and I was pretty certain that he was barely hanging on and counseling was his last stop. He seemed like it was taking everything in him to talk without breaking down into tears. My heart ached for him so much, even before hearing his story. Just every part of him just seemed to drip with the sadness and this heartache. You just couldn't help but want to help him in every way possible. Like every client, he had a string of heartaches and misfortunes. He had some early childhood trauma and adult family challenges and really a host of other things. We did our initial counseling intake and I gathered some data and gave him several assessments so I could figure out really what was going on behind the scenes. One assessment in particular helped me to see that his life was completely out of balance. He was doing little, if any, self-care. There were a couple of areas that he had some balance, but other than that, all the areas in his life were concerningly low. And I saw right away that the first thing we needed to do after I heard his story and gave him some crucial validation and empathy was to really help him find that balance again. 
Now, there's a lot of approaches in therapy, but I've often found that as I start with improving clients' wellness balance, that the rest is easier to tackle. Like they're in a better, better state of mind for change and working through issues in talk therapy. So this isn't always, but often the case. So this client, who I'll call Sean, was so willing to do whatever it would take. He was so teachable. Now, this man was humble and willing, and I loved working with him. If I could have a bunch of clients like him every day, I would just love my job. Now, we don't take pictures in therapy for privacy reasons, but this client is one I wish I could have taken pictures of every month. Because for the next six months especially, it was like I had one of those toys, I don't know if you've seen them, where you pull the string and all the pieces come together and then the figure at the very end stands up really straight and then is in like this upright power pose usually. I don't know if you can visualize that, but that's kind of what it reminds me with Sean. So he was just really wilted and then every time he came in, he started to stand up straighter and straighter. And he did every assignment I ever gave him from journaling to tracking to meditation and reading, really everything. He just ate it up. He put complete faith in the process. Now, looking back, I can't help but picture him as a willing child. Honestly, the, um, the scripture, Mosiah 319 from the Book of Mormon comes to mind. And I'm just going to paraphrase here, but uh, whoever becomes as a child and is submissive, meek, humble, patient, full of love, and willing to submit to all things which the Lord sees fit to inflict upon him, even as a child doth submit to his father. I guess that's actually not a paraphrase. That's pretty close, I think. So the parts that I love about that are those, I'm going to repeat those words, become as a child. So submissive, meek, humble, patient, full of love, and willing to submit to all things. I just really picture this young child just so innocent and so trusting and willing to do the work. And that's how I saw him. Now, Sean doesn't know a lot about God yet, but I saw these attributes in him. And I believe that until we have these attributes, there isn't much place for miracles in our lives. God can only do so much with an unwilling heart. That actually kind of hits home for me for a minute. I've been thinking a lot about that because I have one child who really needs power more than almost anything else, especially compared to the other children. And I often get so frustrated and I, I want to force him to do things because I don't know what else to do sometimes. But Heavenly Father doesn't work like that. He doesn't force us. We have to want things and be willing to receive them for them to be effective. But again, with parenting, that's easier said than done when they often don't want things that you know are going to be so good for them. But I digress. Let me go back to Sean. So over the next six months, he had the most accelerated growth out of any client I can remember. He changed in almost every area of his life and drastically. So he went again from slouching and frowning to smiling and standing up straight and tall. He stopped making excuses. He began to take ownership and he really and truly looked 10 years younger in just those six months. He even seemed to dress younger. I remember him telling me how confusing it was that he was getting so many comments from his colleagues and he even started to get a lot of attention from women, which hadn't really happened before. And I just loved hearing him talk about it just in total confusion, like, I don't know what's going on. And I would just laugh because I was seeing it from the other side, watching these big changes and thinking, 
I know exactly why it's happening. Like suddenly he has so much more confidence. He's doing all these things. He's exercising more. He's changing his life. And suddenly he's a light. He's a beacon to other people. He started to improve his relationship with his kids and really he became their sanctuary. And I could go on and on about the positive changes that I saw in Sean. His willing a heart and his humility made miracles happen. And those miracles still continue for him because he still has this attitude. I feel so privileged to help people like Sean. And I think about him often and what it would take for other clients to get there. In the Bible, the prophet Isaiah said that Christ gives power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increases their strength. Again, that makes me think about Sean. He was very much without strength and very weary. Now in this setting, Sean didn't turn himself over to the Lord. He doesn't know or understand that relationship quite yet in his life, but we are working on spiritual things because that's very much an appropriate aspect of wellness that we do address in therapy, like I mentioned before. But I have seen firsthand from him and many others that when you are humble and willing, you are able to gain that strength that's needed. Many of you might remember the quote by President Nelson, who is the prophet and leader of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He said in a general conference address, I think it was last year, the following quote. So try to listen to this. I think it's really powerful. He said, experience the joy of repenting daily. And I'm going to stop you here for a second. Remember that repentance can be as simple as returning to the Lord. Remember Brooke Snow talked about that. And doing things that help us be our better selves and help us reach our higher potential. So you don't have to turn off your brain when you hear repenting, because I often do. When I'm like, man, I've got the stuff covered, like the basics, I'm good. <laughs> but it is really that regular returning and recommitting. I love that word too, recommitting. And again, so I'll read that first part. Experience the joy of repenting daily. Learn about God and how he works. So that's that study that I talked about before. Seek and expect miracles. I'm going to read that again. Seek and expect miracles. As you act on these pursuits, I promise you greater strength to resist temptation, more peace of mind, freedom from fear, and greater unity in your families. Isn't that an amazing promise? So just highlighting those. Seek and expect miracles. And then he promises us greater strength, more peace of mind, freedom from fear, and greater unities in your families. Don't we all need those things and want that desperately? I just love that. I was studying this really interesting book this morning called The Coddling of the American Mind. How Good Intentions and Bad Ideas Are Setting Up a Generation for Failure. It's a very interesting book. I'm really liking it. But in it, the authors talk about hatred on campuses across America and how students are so quick to take offense. They shared a, a bunch of stories that reminded me why I abandoned my ideas of getting a PhD in counselor education and becoming a professor and changed to becoming an independent trainer, consultant, and entrepreneur instead because then I don't have to deal with politics. But here are a couple quotes from the book, and I'll do more training on this in future episodes. But he said, if we protect children from various classes of potentially upsetting experiences, we make it far more likely that these children will be unable to cope with such events when they leave our protective umbrella. The modern obsession with protecting young people from feeling unsafe 
is, we believe, one of the several causes of the rapid rise in rates of adolescent depression, anxiety, and worse, he goes on to say. Another quote, he said, whatever your identity, background, or political ideology, you will be happier, healthier, stronger, and more likely to succeed in pursuing your own goals if you seek out challenges rather than eliminating or avoiding everything that feels unsafe. Now, I want to say, I don't think that he means by feeling unsafe that you go and do these thrill-seeking things. But my point in reading these is that we'll always find heartache, chaos, offense, and fear in the world around us unless we're doing what we can to build something different, even if it's in our own environment initially. As these authors state, challenge yourself to become stronger. Be teachable and willing to do whatever is required, like Sean was. Or as you partner with God, expect those miracles like President Nelson taught. So you might be wondering, what is the assessment and what do you find every time with your clients? Going back to the beginning. Don't worry, I'll tell you. I use a simple wellness wheel assessment. And with some clients, I use it weekly. And personally, I also use it on myself weekly. It's a simple, helpful way to examine what is out of balance in your life. So after using this several times, I've tweaked this uh, wellness wheel and I've created my own and I'll share this on social media. And a quick disclaimer, I'm very strategic about how I use social media. Personally, I only use it to add value to clients and listeners or grandparents by occasionally posting something, but I barely use it outside of those things. So if you want to get in touch with me, the best way is to email me. And all of that information is at the end of the episode. But back to the assessment. So the wellness wheel has eight domains. There are, there's physical, mental, relationships or relational, recreational, spiritual, intellectual, financial, and environmental. I'm just going to give you one quick tip for each of the domains before I move on. So for physical, I want you to start small. Maybe you don't exercise. Start by packing a bag of workout clothes or shoes and a water bottle and whatever else you need and put it where you'll see it and do it. Now anchor it to something and set a reminder on your phone. Right now. What if your 1% can be walking for 15 minutes before or after lunch? Just start there. If not that, figure out what your 1% is. Don't just jump into working out for two hours every day of the week. That's not realistic and you're probably not going to stick to it. The next one is mental. For this one, I just want you to listen to this podcast and pick some self-development books off of Audible or Libby. And Libby is a free online library with digital and audiobooks. And just start listening to them while you do laundry or some other chores. Start small. Relationships. I want you to plan out your dates in your planner with your husband for the next month. If you don't have a planner, get one. If you don't have a spouse, well, plan something once a week with where you're connecting on a deeper level with a loved one. Put away your phone while you're doing this and just be present. For recreational... I can't tell you how many of my clients have stopped playing or having hobbies. My friends, it is time to change this. You are not supposed to stop playing because you're older. And I know you can feel it. Find one hobby you want to start or resume and plan it out with a loved one. I started a guitar and pickleball for the first time this year, and I love it. And honestly, I plan on doing this for the rest of my life. I'm never going to stop learning and growing and developing. The next one is spiritual. So I want you to find a regular sacred grove in your house or even outside 
where you can sit and study and pray. Mine is in my closet and my husband's is in the laundry room because we gave up our office space for our foreign exchange student. And that's okay. It doesn't need to be glamorous or big. It just needs to be consistent. For intellectual, I want you to stimulate your mind. It's easy to resent yourself when you have little to add to conversations besides what you've consumed on social media or shows. I want you to sign up for a class in the community. They're often inexpensive or even free. Or you can ask your librarian for what resources are available. Or maybe take a class online or at a university. I've done this several times without being enrolled in school, and I love it even more than when, I've, when I was in school because I have more bandwidth and appreciation for it. I took a lot of art classes this way, and I loved it. I think I did like triple the homework just because I was enjoying it so much. And again, this doesn't have to be classes. This is just one tip you could try. For financial, one thing that we did that we really loved is we took Financial Peace University by Dave Ramsey. We just took it at a bank, and I think you can take it online as well. And we loved it. And it's so simple. I think it was like a 12-week class, and it's offered all over the place. And he's the reason we are going to Costa Rica as a family this year for one month, because of like these simple, tiny changes. It really is life-changing. But maybe you don't like Dave Ramsey. Well, find a financial planner or start doing WAVE online. If you don't know what WAVE is, it's like a... It's kind of like QuickBooks, but it's free, and I do it for our family and for my business, and I keep track of our expenses and income that way, and it's a very nice snapshot of like exactly where our money is going. Some banks even offer that as well. All right, environmental. Like mentioned in previous episodes, this isn't just a save the whales kind of thing. This is just simply improving the environment of the space you occupy most of the time. Your 1% might be doing a five-minute tidy each morning and night. So you can set an alarm for reminders for this and just keep it to five minutes. It doesn't have to be big. It's actually really surprising to me because I do this with my kids. It's always surprising to me how much we get done in five minutes and there's so much more buy-in when it's only five minutes from them. Now back to the assessment. Now, maybe you've seen the wellness wheel before, and you might be tempted to tune me out if you're minimizing the importance of this assessment. But I want you to remember how in the Book of Mormon, Alma taught his son that by small and simple things are great things brought to pass. My friends, if you don't do the small things, you can't expect great things. Again, if you don't do the small things, you can't expect great things. In my wellness assessment, I have my clients rate each category from 1 to 10, so 10 being the best, according to to where they're at currently. I often have them journal about it and what it would take for them to move closer to a 10 in each category, so then that they can create an individualized plan and therapy that's best suited to their needs. So we do this collaboratively. So my client, Sean, identified areas that were the most imbalanced, and we got to work on those areas first. And we revisited it again and again, sometimes formally, sometimes informally, and it worked because he was willing to work. The thing that I found each time that I did this assessment is that clients often know themselves best and they know exactly what they need to do. It's almost always buried and they may may need some help and confidence rediscovering it and naming it, but they do know what is best to focus on in their lives and how to go about it. When we break it down in the assessment and journal about how to get closer to a 10, 
the groundbreaking work really begins. So this is some homework for you if you are willing to do the work. Try this at home. So I'll post this again, like I said, on social media. Take the, te the extra steps and print it out and journal about it. If you're really ready, put it in your planner and do it at the start of each week. And then structure your week according to your findings. So I want you to create SMART goals around the lowest areas. And I want you to start there so that you can increase those spots. And then we keep moving and moving on to those other areas as needed. Again, with that 1%. Some tips for maintaining this momentum is to get a goal planner and track it. As mentioned before, it's so important to find an accountability partner that you can call, text, or visit. And at first, you can do those appointments weekly. And then as those habits begin to stick, you can move it to monthly. And don't forget in the power of prayer. Ask for help, again, on both sides of the veil. And if you're not religious, like I said before, this can be affirmations or mantras. And if you don't have a tribe, start looking for one. You can ask people online, you can start a meetup, even ask the librarian again for some community resources, or ask people you admire where you can start to find a tribe. Also, keep listening to these podcasts. Be patient with your progress and don't let discouragement or setbacks derail you. And I'll give you more on this in future episodes. So as you do these things, you'll start to see your growth. Actually, many times the, the people around you will see them first, like was the case for Sean or my husband. They both were so different than they had been, and the compound improvements were quickly noticeable. Keep your assessments and put the date on them, and consider journaling on the back of that sheet and writing the specific things you're currently doing that you'd like to change, so that over time, when you look back, you'll see exactly how you've changed. And I guarantee you, you will be so surprised to see how the 1% gains have turned into mountains of growth. I've seen this again and again in the lives of my clients and in my own life. And it is my favorite part, seeing that growth. It's powerful. All right, my friends, for the next episode, I'm going to teach you something my husband taught me early in our marriage about ownership that was life-changing. And it's foundational for the work you'll do on this podcast, so I really wanted to bring it on earlier. And a little preview of the episodes that are coming up, I'm going to be teaching you about how to become more assertive and communicate more effectively. I'm going to teach you how to understand boundaries and create them, how to grow in self-compassion, how to capitalize on your strengths, and how to unapologetically stand up for your values, to name just a few. I hope you're excited because I just love this stuff, and I'm pretty certain you're going to love it too. As always, please leave me a review if you haven't already. And for the big news, I'll be launching Igniting Life for Individuals on August 20th of this year. This is a 12-week wellness makeover for individuals who are ready for change in clear step-by-step -step ways with crucial accountability. If you're ready to remodel your life and start thriving again and you need more than these weekly episodes, then this is definitely the course for you. I will also be offering a course for couples and families down the road, and they will definitely build on each other. But these courses are guaranteed to offer you 10 times the investment you put into it. I promise you. 
I go above and beyond for these kinds of things because I've done so many of them myself and I know what works. It's not possible for me to go small. So this will actually benefit you a lot, even though it might be a lot of work for me. But I love that work. It's important work. My husband and I are major advocates for self-envelopment because it's honestly probably what saved our marriage. Saved is a big word, but really strengthened our marriage and took it to the next level. So Joel started by doing something similar and without the structure and accountability that he got from that course, he would not have been able to convince me that investing in ourselves was worth it, especially when things were tight as a family. But watching him and seeing how transformational that was for him, now we just do these things regularly. We invest in ourselves and we will never minimize the importance of that again because of the ripples of good it will create in the lives of those in your sphere of influence and in your life, just like it did for us. And when I say ripples, I honestly mean waves. I think it's that likely to happen for you. Huge change, huge growth. That is all for today. And in closing, I just want you to remember the good you can create as you support positive platforms by liking, sharing, or leaving reviews rather than just consuming videos like Charlie bit my finger, 52 million views, or the sneezing panda, 6 million views, or a penguin crossing the ice, 245 million views. That's a lot. <laughs> Friends, I love animals, but if an animal sneezing gets time and attention from 6 million humans, isn't it about time that we support and share more noteworthy and transformational things? And that's just the panda. What about the penguin? He got 245 million views. That's impressive. But we can share things that are more noteworthy, right? I think so. And like I said, I do love pandas. I do love penguins. Have a fantastic week, my friends, and I will see you back here soon. If this podcast has helped you gain the insights and skills needed to propel you towards transformation and joy, the number one way to help me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. Like you, I'm striving to become my higher self by helping others thrive. And I do that most effectively if you use your influence and give a review. Share this episode with a friend or share it on social media and let others know how it has helped you. I would be so very grateful and excited that we're creating positive ripples in so many lives. If you want to connect, you can find me on Fulfillment Therapy on Facebook and Instagram or go to fulfillmenttherapy.org. Thanks for listening and shine boldly and brightly, my friend.